be in the house of God, amen. I love to worship. That worship was awesome this morning. Well, are you ready for the word? <laughs> if you would please bow your heads with me, I'd like to open up with a word of prayer. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity, God, to share truth. Lord, I just declare that every heart here is good ground this morning, God. Our hearts are good ground, God, and we want to hear from you. And so I thank you, Jesus, for what you've already done, and I thank you for what you have yet to do in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, my God-given desire this morning is to truly challenge you, inspire you, and equip you to run the race that God has set before you. Hebrews 12.1, if you would turn in your Bibles, it's my opening verse. It says, I'll give you a minute. <clears throat> Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. The race that is set before us. You need to be aware that your race is unique to you. The title of my message today is You Are Unique. You are unique. And I'm here this morning to remind you, or maybe for the first time tell you, especially you daughters of God here on Mother's Day, and you sons of God, that you are enough because you are uniquely loved and uniquely created. You see, I recently heard the statement, and I quote, that God doesn't love us the same. And I was caught quite off guard, as you probably are just hearing me say it, that God doesn't love us the same. If you would turn in your Bibles to 1 John 4, Verses 4, chapter 4, I should say, verses 7 and 8, it says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. First and foremost, we have to understand that God is love. He doesn't just have love. He is love. And you might say, isn't that the same? And my answer is absolutely not. To have love would suggest that it's possible not to have it. But how many of you know that God's love does not run out? His love is inexhaustible. It is limitless. It is never-ending. Amen? And I was challenged in my thinking about God's love after reading a book by Lisa Bevere, who is a very well-known writer and, and teacher. And she wrote a book called Without Rival. And she penned how God had told her, I don't love my children equally. I love them uniquely. Now, I love Lisa, but at first I was a bit upset because I was caught off guard. I'm like, She's missed it. God loves us all the same. What in the world is she talking about? The Bible says, John 3, 16, a very popular verse. You know, God loved the world. He so loved the world that he gave his son. But I was hooked by my own questioning and, and wondering if she could make sense of such a statement. And to my amazement, I was truly engaged with such freedom in my own life personally and thinking because of pondering this thought. 
I meditated, does God really not love us the same? And you see, what I came to find out was that in my own human attempt to keep all things fair and to remain unbiased, right, and to remain neutral, I have always said God loves us all the same. But the Holy Spirit began to show me how infinitely greater God is than my finite mind can even begin to comprehend and to grasp. For God to love us the same just isn't big enough, huh? It just isn't big enough. God doesn't love us the same because that would imply that we are dispensable, in some way unimportant or insignificant but it's quite the opposite. We cannot be replaced. We are one of a kind. There is no factory mass-producing Cynthia Rosenbogers out there, right? I have one life to live, and I need to live it well. We need to live that one life that God has given us and live it well. The truth is that God does not love us the same. Now, his love is extravagant. It is exceptional. It is glorious but he loves us each uniquely because we are unique, amen? His love is unique to each of us. Equal or the same would imply that God's love could be measured. His love cannot be measured. 1 John 4, 8 very clearly says that God is love. It's who he is. Love is who God is, and the fact that we are all uniquely created means that we are irreplaceable. Huh? Doesn't that just make your mind go, you know? I am irreplaceable. There is no one like me. Not a one of us are the same. Even science has proven that through fingerprints and eye retina scans and who knows what's out there. Not only are we uniquely loved, but we are unique. All the mothers and fathers out here can attest to the fact that each of our kids are unique, and we love them. Yet we've all heard stories and even described ourselves why we think one sibling is more loved than the other, how one of them is mom's favorite. I was like the only girl growing up between two boys, so I kind of felt special. It was not until I got older that I began to question, am I really God's, am I really mom's favorite, you know? But we cannot attribute to God, the creator of the universe, characteristics that are human, right? And qualities that we might have. God doesn't love me more than he loves Pastor Brian. He might like to think that, but, <laughs> but it is not so. I'd like to think I'm God's favorite, but the truth is that we are all God's favorite, you know? <laughs> we are each incomparable, matchless, unrivaled, and distinct in who we are. We each have God-given talent and qualities that are unequal and, men, and unparalleled to any other human on the planet Earth. That's pretty awesome, but he is an awesome God, amen? God does not love us the same or equally because he cannot be measured. He loves us uniquely, and that should give you confidence today. That should give you great confidence to be you, to be all that God has created you to be. Even Gary Chapman, I believe, gives us a glimpse of understanding with his book, The Five Love Languages. You might have heard of it. And in this book, he's teaching husbands and wives 
that we need to, that we receive love in different ways. You have words of affirmation, gifts, quality time, acts of service, and physical touch. You could be really trying to love your wife, and you could be bringing flowers every week to her, really trying to draw her close to you. But if her love language is acts of service, you are wasting your money and your time because you'd be better off, huh? You'd be better off grabbing that vacuum out of the closet, grabbing a dish rag and washing some dishes and you watch and see how attractive you start becoming to her, right? If that's her love language. <laughs> because of our uniqueness, we receive love differently or you could say uniquely, right? And I want to encourage you this morning to be your unique self. I read a book one time, God made you an original. Do not die a copy. Don't allow the enemy to rob this world of your uniqueness and your beauty. He'll try and label us and limit us through comparison. But we are called to be like only one, and that is Jesus Christ. Amen? And that is Jesus Christ, and to live fully, fully, church, with what he's entrusted in and over our life. We have something to give and something to deposit into this world. He placed it there. Isaiah 43, 7 says, Everyone who is called by my name and whom I have created for my glory, whom I have formed, even who I have made for his glory, we were created. You see, no one can represent God to this earth the way you can, the way I can. We have to break this cycle of comparison and come to understand that we have been given something unique and we have been designed and created by the master to bring him glory. In our culture today, there's this insatiable need to compare and it has got to stop church. As children of God, we have to rest and be confident in God's love to be who we were created to be. We have to deny the enemy of our soul from making us feel less than because we are different than somebody else or because we do things differently than somebody else. You see, I spent too much of my life thinking that, that I was unworthy and that I was less than and that I wasn't enough simply because I compared myself to other people. And forget about social media today. I didn't have that in my 20s. Thank God I didn't have that because I already had issues I had to work through, right? But social media today has just made things so much worse for those of us who deal with any type of insecurity or unworthiness. We see all these super moms walking around. I had them back when I first became a mom too. She's got all her hair done, full makeup applied, right? She's got her yoga pants on. All she needs is a little red cape, right, to complete the package. At least that's how we see her, right? They arrive early to all the outings. Their kids look like a million books, bucks, and sometimes they even match. And she's got snacks for not only her kids, but your kids too, right? <laughs> And if you're anything like me, you're just glad you made it to that outing. You're glad your kids got shoes on, clothes on them, right? You're glad you just simply made it. 
on snack day, you see that super mom whizzing by you, right, with her uh, tray of veggie kebabs that she took all night to, to make, and you're sitting up there walking up with your Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> if you're any like, you know, if you're like me, I'm up there with them Dunkin' Donuts. But you know what? To Elias, I am super mom. I brought the Dunkin' Donuts. She's got veggie kebabs, but hey, he's happy <laughs> with my Dunkin' Donuts, you know? God thinks I'm super just the way I am, and I don't have to compare myself to anyone else. And I need to start celebrating. We need to start celebrating who we are and who God created us to be. I don't want to forfeit who God made me by being so busy comparing myself to other people who I might see on social media or family or friends. When I decided to marry Brian and knowing he was called to be a pastor, I often wondered what have I done? Because I was nothing like the pastor's wives that I saw around me. I was just telling the ladies at the Lilas event how I didn't sing or play the piano, right? That's what all pastor's wives do, but not me. I didn't have that kind of talent. To just have a simple conversation was a chore for me because I was uncomfortable in my own skin. I'd rather sit in the nursery every week than come out and love on people. But that was the enemy trying to limit what God had designed me to be and what he had put inside of me. And so I had to begin to shake those things off. And I can say with confidence today, I'm not who I once was, and I thank God for that. Now I'm still a work in progress, mind you. You can ask my husband or my kids, but praise God, I'm not who I once was. He's changed me. He's created me anew, and he's put a new song within my heart. Now I know more than enough that I am more than enough, and I want you this morning, church, to know it as well. I've heard it said that comparison is the thief of joy. And I tell you what, it will steal your joy to stay up all night on social media looking at all these different people and wondering why you're not on vacation like they are, why you don't have the house that they have. And it's not like that. You got to be happy where you are, where God has called you to be, and live your life fully. Amen. And live your life fully for him. We got to stop this life of envy and jealousy, these traps that the enemy tries to, to, to put us in, you know, where we have to find faults and, and weaknesses in somebody else to, to make ourselves feel better. That, that's not what God has for us. It's so much more. We can live a life where we're actually happy at, at somebody else's success. We're happy for our sisters and our brothers when we see them succeeding in life and where God has them. And why? Because we are unique. We are uniquely loved and we are uniquely created. We can be happy for the super moms, how some call them, right? How we see them in our minds. Hey, she's bringing snacks for not only her kids, but yours too. That's huge, man. She's bringing healthy snacks at that for my Elias, right? So if I was to break this down into three points, it would be, number one, stop and meditate on who God is. He doesn't just have love. He is love. I love how the psalmist in the Bible would write something about God and then he would pen Selah, which means to pause and calmly think of that. 
the names of God are a great place to start. He is called Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Selah. Selah. He is Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Selah. Hallelujah. You can get happy right where you're sitting just doing that, right? He is Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner, the Lord our victory. Selah. Hallelujah. Especially when life's, life gets hard. Have those Selah moments and encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. His love is steadfast. It's unchanging, but it is in our devotion and our meditation of his word where he is revealed to us in a greater measure. And always remember, I love Romans 8, verse 37 and 39 through 39. It says, now in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing, church, nothing can separate us from who he is. And he is love. He is love. Number two, Less screen time and more truth time. Less screen time and more truth time. My first step to freedom was coming to know who he is. And the second, knowing who I was in him, in Christ. And I find myself in the word of God. I remember I memorized Psalms 139, 14, and to this day I still quote it in my quiet time and as I'm praying. It says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, O Lord, and that my soul knows very well. I am a work of art. I've been made by his very own hands, and I've got something to celebrate because of that. I'm happy with who God made me. I'm through complaining, wishing I was cuter or taller or shorter or I had green eyes or blue eyes. I'm happy with the eyes God gave me. We need to be happy with the hair God's given us, right? And our stature. He made us. My life is a praise to him. I was created to bring him glory. Stop comparing yourself and be who God created you to be. Live your life and live it fully for him. There is such freedom in that. Such freedom, church, to be who we are, to be comfortable in our own skin and with our own gifting. Amen? Shake off those comparisons and start celebrating who God has made you to be. Number three, take steps to knowing your purpose. Begin to serve and, and give of your time <clears throat> to the Lord. You see, acknowledging he made me, he loves me, and even more importantly, who I am because of him is what empowered me to move forward in my calling and in my purpose. I stopped hiding in the nursery every week. That's great to do. Hello, we need people to serve in the nursery. But I was hiding in there back in the day because I didn't want to come out, you know. But I came out and I started loving on people. And I am so grateful because when you love, guess what you get back? Love. 
you get love back. We are put on earth to bring him glory. We are uniquely loved, uniquely created, and uniquely gifted. We are one of a kind. Unique by definition means only one, without equal, without rival. We should never feel the need to compete with another because there is only one of us. There is only one you. No one, no one church can express the love of God the way you can. The sound of your voice, the features of your face, the way you express your soul, the way you process things is unique to you. I have no need to compare myself or feel less than when others succeed in life. It isn't a problem anymore for me to celebrate what he's created another to do because I know who he's created me to be. Amen? I'm secure in who I am. And I can be secure in who I am because I know who he is. And therein, therein I have found what I've been created to do. First Timothy 6.6 6 says, Godliness with contentment is great gain. Godliness with contentment is great gain. When everything is said and done, I have to feel good about being me. I get to be the best me this world has ever seen or ever will see for that matter, right? Stop making an idol of other people and comparing yourself to another because there is only one you, beautiful you, beautifully and fearfully created for his glory. We are his delight. We are not an accident. I don't care what stories you've heard. You are not an accident. The creator of this world rejoiced at the very first breath that you took. Amen? He rejoiced over you. His love for me isn't based on performance. And you know, church, it was his kindness and his love that led me to a place of repentance. I knew I could begin to, to face my own issues because he already saw them and he still loved me and he still accepted me. And so I could get real in those quiet times and really allow him to examine my heart and to speak to me. He wants us to experience his goodness and his love. But at the same time, church, we cannot forget his majesty his holiness. He is a holy God. I've heard it said that you cannot understand God's love until you fully understand his judgment. He is a holy God. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. I would be amiss to tell you or to not tell you that your sin will separate you from God. Yes, God loves us. He is love. And because of that, he sent Jesus Christ to this earth to save us, to pay a debt that we could not pay. Amen? Romans 5, 8, God shows his love for us in that we, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He did not stay dead, but on the third day he rose again in power and victory. 
And one more verse here, Romans 5, 2. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into the grace, huh? Into the grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. <laughs>